is canon so important to Star Wars fans? Above all franchises, all intellectual properties, we're going to try to figure that out right here on the Resistance broadcast. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, it is our Thursday show, so it is discussion time. Mm-hmm. The, mo- the news? The moves. The moves. The moves go to the farm. The, the news. Get your takes on the John. news from us on Monday. Yeah. It's, uh, we've been recording a while. I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit here. But anyway, uh, yeah, our third discussion shows we're going to have a good time here talking about a lot of cool topics in Star Wars. But our main one later on the show is going to be about why is canon so sacred to Star Wars fans? Why, why is Star Wars up here when it comes to the lore and the history and everything tying together in the fiction and it being this real fake thing? Uh, whereas other properties, they're like, you know what? Seven Spider-Men. They're going to be in that movie and we don't care. I don't know. So we'll get into that. Should be a cool discussion. Uh, with me, as always, Lacey and James. Lacey, uh... A Patreon today, I believe we're we're doing our yes. our, our watch along. We are the terrifying tales of Poe Dameron, or what is that? What it's called? <laughs> Just terrifying tales. I'm pretty sure. Terrifying tales. Uh, are are you? Uh, I had an idea about about candy, but um, were you a big trick or treater? Were you, or were you like one of those kids that went out toilet papering people's houses? Like, what was your what was your vibe on? On, on Halloween as a do kid. I look like do I look like I give off rule breaking uh really you know doing terrible things vibes mm-hmm. not terrible things silly things I was the most easy kid as my parents said following rules too nervous to do anything home early never breaking rules so did you trick or treat Oh, yeah, totally. But I was responding to the second part of that statement. Trick-or-treating, yeah. But just treats, no tricks. (laughs) Yes, I guess so. So you open your your little bag. What was the big score for for Lacey Gillerin? Like, I got a full-size blank, or I got a... Reese's. Yeah. Peanut butter cups? Yep, and then I would organize my candy at the end of the night. My dad would come through, Bill Gill. He'd be like, I gotta check candy. Yep. Got to inspect Check it, the candy. Make sure everything's okay. Come through, pick some things, be like, okay, you're good. I didn't and realize time, that that was just parents taking your candy. Taking your candy, yeah. 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 I didn't know that. But you were like, oh, I have to let him check it. <laughs> but you also, I also didn't realize that my parents, you know, they're also giving out candy and they have all this leftover candy that they didn't even tell me about. Or they just, yeah, they just like give it to the last kid or something. It was Bill Gill's like- birthday yesterday, by the way. Oh, happy awesome. birthday, happy Mr. Birthday. Gillerin. Yeah. This is B-Day. Uh, James, were you uh, a troublemaker? You were in a, a rock band, so I figured maybe you got into some trouble. Were there any Halloween stories on, uh, with the band or anything fun? Uh, Halloween stories. We, we actually, we played one show where we were kind of like, oh, yeah, we, we didn't really think this through. We, and we, so we kind of threw together costumes. And I ended up being a mummy, but it was like I was just wrapped in straight toilet paper. Which <laughs> fell apart like two songs in, you know, or something. It didn't work at all. But what I did was we we revised the intro, so we we did the Halloween theme. Uh, oh, and nice. so instead of the regular intro, I walked out like a mummy all the way across the stage, and then I stood in front of the keyboard. And I was the only one out there, and I started doing the da 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 da. Oh, that's cool. Thing. And during that show. There was an earthquake 
and we never felt it. But every fan after the show was like, did you guys feel the earthquake? And we were like, what? No. <laughs> like we were playing. <laughs> we were jumping around. Wow. We didn't notice it. Uh, so I've That's been cool. in two earthquakes and one of them. Uh, well, one was an aftershock. It wasn't really an earthquake. but um, And that was in Christchurch in New Zealand. But the but the other one was in San Francisco. So two notable earthquake places. That's my Halloween story. All right. Very cool. Uh, yeah, Halloween is... A little over three weeks away, so uh, but we're gonna get into the spirits later tonight. So if you're a patron, uh, come join us because we're gonna. For the, we haven't watched it yet, so nope. the three of us uh, we we held a pact. The three of us are gonna watch the terrifying tales together and do a little bit of a live stream commentary Boom, on I'm Patreon. Out. So <laughs> like the second yeah, it airs. <laughs> so join us there if you'd like. But now I'm gonna hand the hand the keys to James to uh, get us going in our first segment today. I fear nothing for all this. As the force wills it we are going to be doing will of the force this week as you can suspect by the title that just came up there but i do want to say before we get into will of the force all the way that 2022 is going to be one of the biggest years in star wars history which means it's going to be a busy year for us but in order to do what we're setting out to do we're going to need your guys' help so if you do enjoy TRB, please consider becoming a patron of the show. If you can afford to by going to patreon.com slash the, or sorry, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast, you can support the show for just $2 a month. Um, we have a lot of exclusive weekly content and awesome benefits and merch uh, for our patrons to show our appreciation. Uh, how things look by the end of this year will determine what we're able to do next year and beyond. So if you are able to support us, that's great. Thank you. We would really appreciate that. Um, now getting into it, one of the things you can do as a patron is submit questions to this very segment. Uh, and we're going to start off by General Hass Aslam asking us a question. And that question is, will we see the use of de-aging in the obi-wan kenobi series in order to film scenes between anakin and obi-wan from their younger days uh let's go john first on this one what do you think oh god i'm gonna say yes yes why i i just think it's the whole bringing hayden back thing like yeah, we're going to see him without as Vader without his mask and that'll be fine. But it can't just be that. And they're going to have to find other ways to justify why they brought him in. And I think a flashback or two, nothing too big will be good. And uh, I'm not saying they, they look old, but they played those roles 16 years ago, you know? So mm -hmm. uh, maybe just a little bit of, I don't know, de-aging or whatever they do. Uh, we, Youthizing. Uh, that sounds more like euthanizing. <laughs> I was gonna say that it didn't sound right. They're not gonna kill them. Uh, no, I yeah, I think maybe they'll do something like that to maybe tug on our heartstrings a little bit more. Um, even though we got seven years of the Clone Wars, which some people forget about, but um, I'm gonna, I don't know. I think that the Hayden thing has really put a wrench into all of it. So I'm gonna say yes though because of it. All right, Lacey, do you think they will? Yeah, I, I, if Hayden wasn't involved or we knew he wasn't involved, I'd probably say no. But because we know that he is, there has to be some type of scene, at least one, where they talk about something that happened between the two of them. Or, you know, Obi-Wan has a moment where he remembers the great Anakin and not the bad Anakin. 
you know, Darth Vader. So I'm going to say yes, because it doesn't necessarily has to be the full blown Luke Skywalker we got in The Mandalorian. It could just be a slight de-aging. Basically what you see on Hallmark Channel, where their skin just looks very smooth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Man, it's tough. Uh, But I, I think if... I, I I would like to see it, but I, I don't think they're going to do it. Um, it mm. feels very Disney to kind of do this because Marvel stuff has no fear of it at all. You know, they're just like, right. yeah, sure, absolutely. And we also got the whole thing in Mandalorian, which they explained is like kind of de-aging, kind of deep fake, all sorts of stuff that's going on with what they're willing to do with bringing these young characters back. Even characters that like very, very clearly can't even, you know, so like, of course, Anna or Hayden Christensen playing this role, they only get to like maybe touch up a couple things. It wouldn't really even be that big of a deal. But I think that this question comes from the mindset of we're going to be getting these flashbacks, you know, to the Clone Wars stuff. I just kind of, I don't know. I think that's a fan thing that we want to see that stuff and we don't know what the vision is for the story and the series yet. But when we get it, we'll be like, you know, oh, they just, they really focused on the current age and that's it. You know, they could have done all these things. Like we can come up with every possibility, but I really think like the way it's been presented is Ooh. we're sticking in a certain time time frame. And, you know, if they're going to do weird flashbacks and other stuff, I think there are other series for that, including Book of Boba Fett. You know, show us Boba Fett when he was younger. He's got a helmet. It'll be easy. It'll be fun. But when you're looking at this stuff, like this is an opportunity to really tell the story that's right in front of us at the age. Because as John pointed out, we've gotten tons of stories of them back in the time frame. Let the fans connect those things. Let's stick with what we have here now. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we have another Will of the Force question. Let's do another round. Uh, will we see Darth Vader kill a Jedi on screen in the Kenobi, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? Uh, this one's bouncing back at you first, Lacey. Darth Vader killing a Jedi on screen. I didn't even think about this. This is a good question. I didn't even think that this was a possibility just because it hasn't crossed my mind. Um, I'm going to say yes, because they have to build up the importance of Obi-Wan being in hiding. They have to build up, you know, people on the run, what Vader's doing with Inquisitors. So I think it could literally be a no-name Jedi we've never heard of that they just slice at some point. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this big momentous, like, it's a Jedi we learn to know and everything. It could just be like an, an early scene in the series where... He's off on a planet and he finds someone with a lightsaber that you just assume is a Jedi and he kills them. So I'm going to say yes. All right. Uh, John, what do you think? Yes? No? I I think definitely. Um, I think fortifying Vader as evil is going to be a really big part of selling this show because we have to show what he has become and... And they want if that. Disney's all about Vader being bad now. Yeah, and if they're doing the whole Hayden thing, that's going to be like tugging toward the light, you know, stuff. Uh, you you got to see Vader getting evil and getting violent and that sort of stuff. Um, I'm not saying like rated R, but, you know, like Rogue One. And seeing him kill a Jedi, if there's going to be Inquisitors in this thing and Vader's just sitting there commanding them, that is lame. People don't... People are people pay to go to a concert to see the main event, you know, the, the headliner. And mm-hmm. Vader's that headliner. You want to see him do it. 
Uh, I mean, we're going to see those Inquisitors probably do some cool stuff, but you want to see Vader at least do something. And I think that like, that'd be like a statement thing of seeing like Vader be full on Vader. So I think, right. uh, I think it'd be a mistake if they didn't. So I'm going to say he will. So and it will be your boy, uh, Han from F9. Oh, wow. I was going <laughs> to ask if you were thinking it's him. I don't know. Maybe. So in that conversation we were talking about is he's got a lightsaber. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy kind of thing? I, I alluded to, I think he's more likely a bad guy because you're not going to have two Jedi in the show um, because you got to put all your focus on the one Jedi, the lonesome Jedi going against all of the bad guys. And that's including Vader and a group uh, of inquisitors, which a lot of people don't even know who they are, but they're going to be these new formidable Sith characters. Um, so that tends to make me think there isn't going to be another Jedi. However, the way this question is worded, do I think he's going to kill someone on screen? I think Lacey's right. You know, like it could, it could very well be a Jedi just to kick it off. First episode, we meet a new Jedi. There he is. Darth Vader comes in, kicks his butt and we're like all right yeah like that's it that that's the vader we want and it and then as john was saying that builds him to be again the villain that you need him to be and it still emphasizes um that obi-wan is alone in this you know what i mean so showing us that there are jedi out there and this is what vader's doing in this current time frame is kind of the thing that we all have been hoping for so you got to think it sticks in there i think we've kind of played it out that's probably exactly how it's going to happen he will kill another jedi early in the series which makes him a stronger villain and puts obi-wan alone like there's nowhere to go no nothing to turn to um and that's it that's what's going to happen i think Right. I think we're on the right page, guys. Uh, so let's move on to the next one here. And this is another submission by one of our commanders, Kyle Baker. Kyle sent in the question. Kyle. Kyle. Uh, he sent in the question, will you be disappointed if a particular thing doesn't occur in the book of Boba Fett? Or are you going in without any expectations? So, John, you're first on this one. What are you, what are you thinking? Um yeah i'm gonna have some fun with this at least i i think i'll be a little disappointed if we don't see boba fett disintegrate something or someone because of that first line that we ever see him it's vader saying no disintegrations as in like he's known for doing that now we saw the mandalorian do it (laughs) you gotta you gotta see boba fett do it now right so um it's not going to make me be like, oh, man, the show stunk, man. But I think I'd be a little disappointed if I didn't see Boba Fett disintegrate some fools. <laughs> it, it is crazy that we have seen other characters in Star Wars do that now. It was such a standout line. Lacey, what do you think? Are we getting to see? Uh, or do you? I'm sorry, do you have any expectations for Book of Boba Fett? Are you going in? Clean? So I don't have any expectations with this. I think I kind of... I don't know what the right phrasing would be. Punch myself in the face when I was just like, Boba Fett sucks. He's a chump going into the Mandalorian. <laughs> Boba because Fett sucks. He sucks. <laughs> uh, because, you know, sucks. Yeah, <laughs> going, going into uh, my knowledge of him from Return of the Jedi and just the way he dies. I was like, he's he's a goon like he just dies in this most ridiculous way like everyone thinks he's so great i don't get it i get it now i understand and i accept that i was wrong 
and I apologize. So I'm going in without any expectations of like what should happen because clearly I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to Boba Fett specifically. Um, but I will say something that I'll be do- disappointed with if it does happen. So I'm going to twist this question a little bit. Um, I really don't want to see a Sarlacc pit. I don't want to see one. I don't want to see it. I don't want to. Nope. Don't want it. Hmm. Hmm. And I know that they have to explain how he got out. And that's different. I'm saying in the current present time of him being the guy sitting on the Mm. throne at Jabba's palace, I do not want to see him throw people into a Sarlacc pit. Hmm. And I think that goes back to my feelings of the way he died originally that I'm like, I don't, (laughs) I don't want to see it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think, uh, Kyle, ask us this question again after the trailer comes out. Watch there be a huge Sarlacc pit, and I'm going to be like, it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that too, yeah. (laughs) Um, My my thing on this is, you know, do you have any expectations going into the series? No, not at all right now. I I can't think of anything. I can come up with some fan ideas, you know, that I think could be cool if they did it, but you know how we are on the show – we generally don't get upset or anything if it doesn't if it doesn't go that way or whatever. Unless Ben we kind Solo of... dies, then it's all <laughs> yeah. over for everyone. Or Mark Hamill's like kind of emo or whatever. <laughs> uh, so the thing is, like you know, I think generally we're pretty open to all ideas. The thing is that we're we're gonna change and we're gonna start to write what we think the show is going to be. As soon as we see that trailer, we're going to be like, oh, we get it. We get the vibe. I I, I understand. I know what it's going to be. And then if the show doesn't match up with the trailer, then you kind of got a problem. You know, um, right now, it's basically just saying like Book of Boba Fett. And the Are episode you down? of him, basically. And you're like, yeah. yeah, sure. Cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so it's, it's kind of one of those things. So right now, I would say I don't have any particular expectations. And is there anything that I'd be disappointed if a particular thing doesn't occur? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would be pretty bummed if it isn't about him going around and killing people. You know, if it turns out that it's like a game show or something, I'm like, (laughs) what? (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I'd still like that. I'd still watch it and be like, it wasn't what I thought it was, but it's awesome. All right. We got one more question here, and that's, will any current canon Star Wars content be decanonized at some point in the future? So let's see. Bouncing back to you, what do you think? The only thing I can think of is either books or comics. They're not going to decanonize any type of live live action stuff. But I don't even know enough about the comics specifically. The books mm-hmm. I know some stuff about, but the comics, I don't know enough about that the statements that they've made about certain characters that they would need to decanonize it. So okay. I'm going to say no. No. All right, John, what do you think? James, did I tell you the time I played chess with boba fett no you didn't the first piece of his i took was the rook of boba fett oh god no (laughs) i was just trying to recreate the uh galaxy of sounds (laughs) 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 they have a pin drop in that yeah (laughs) or crickets (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> that's for the that's for the chess people. Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Queen's Gambit. What? Yeah, you're like yeah. a year late. <laughs> well, did you hear about the follow-up Gambit. series uh, to the book of Boba Fett? What it's going to be called? Uh, no, but Chris Pratt will be playing Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett. <laughs> well, Man- Mandalorian and Boba Fett are going to be working together like a buddy cop show. It's going to be called Commando. I don't nope. get it. What's the joke there? Commando, like the Co- movie Commando. Commando. That was oh, a stretch. That was a stretch. All right. Look, they can't all be winners. Um, so the question is, will any current candidate... Yes, I, I I, do think so. I think I think that whole comic, that one-shot comic with K2 and Cassian is going to be wiped out uh, because they're going to really want to take advantage of them meeting in Andor. Um, Interesting. On different circumstances than how they met in that comic. So I think that... And I think just, you know, as they move forward and they run into like... They just get like backed into a corner because of like a comic that sold, you know, a, a couple a thousand issues or whatever is stopping them. Like it's going to happen. Um, I know people are going to be upset about it, but it just seems inevitable to me. So um, I think that some of the lower tier stuff is unfortunately going to sometimes find their way into some sort of legends territory. Um, and it was just, you know, when they wiped the slate clean in 2012, they've made so much content since then that they're starting to maybe find themselves in the path uh, just not even 10 years in where they're going to run into that. So I think it's inevitable. Yeah, this, this is a tricky question because, uh, you know, how it always is, is, is we're at some point in the future, are they eventually going to do this? It's I, I usually tend to think this question is is portrayed in like in the near future, in the next few years, do you think this is going to happen? I, I tend to think not yet, but... I'm starting to think they're playing in that world a little bit. And I think one of the most glaring aspects of that is visions having recently come out because it's the first piece besides like the games that they've been working on that already pre-existed that they're still continuing to build content for. It's really the first piece of new material that they've said doesn't fit in into, um, what we're looking at and that that is happening in 2021 but disney bought star wars and said all everything from now on is canon and they've done that for 10 years straight you know so it's yeah. kind of one of these things where you gotta you, you gotta think that people in 2012 was like yeah maybe for a little while but they're gonna back themselves into corners and they're gonna you know want to get rid of this stuff it's a good idea but that's stupid and i remember people saying that and i was like well we'll see how long it lasts and we're 10 years strong now and they're still c- sticking to it and in fact i know they're still telling stories in the original trilogy and they always will but they are branching out they've now done the high republic and they're working in that world for a while they could go back even further we obviously Mm -hmm. are going to get stuff in the future that says you know your big headline star wars is probably going to be post rise of skywalker at some point and they're just going to work in that for a little while too so i think that in the next little bit you bring up a good point john but you know there's probably been other examples too where they're like we wish we could do this but you know we killed darth maul in the 
the TV show, so we can't tell that story in live action. Sorry. And it's like a good opportunity, but they stick to their guns and they say, this is how we're doing Star Wars. So in the near future, I don't think so. But, you know, if we really want to go broad on this at some point, yeah, probably we'll we'll just, you know, maybe maybe we'll go another five. Maybe we'll go another 10 and then they'll say, let's just let's you know, let's have some fun. Let's You know, we've done 20 years of canon content. Let's uh, let's kind of change it up and start doing some new tales and bring in some new creative ideas for mm. for Star Wars. But I don't think it's coming in the near future. That all being said, that's it for Will of the Force. Uh, but I think this conversation is going to continue. John, am I right? Yeah. So uh, kind of like we teased at the top, the discussion for today, our main discussion, I should say, uh, why is Star Wars canon so sacred? <laughs> Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Canon! It is a word that sends shivers down the backs of fans online, as it often leads to debates, scuffles, disputes, and for some, a misunderstanding of what once was. Uh, Lucasfilm firmly established Star Wars canon in 2012 as six movies, an animated TV series, and its counterpart animated film. What most fans don't know is that that's all George Lucas's canon ever was. Since then, the canon storyline has been loaded with endless amounts of books, comics, and of course more movies and TV series. The phenomenon is, anytime a new Star Wars project is announced, many fans immediately ask whether it is canon. Or will blank ever be made canon? Put in whatever there. So let's try and answer this question. Why, compared to all other IPs and franchises, is Star Wars canon so darn sacred? Um, I think I'm going to start by saying, for some reason, the storytelling element of Star Wars was always considered to be special. And I remember seeing an interview with George Lucas in like 2006, right after Revenge of the Sith came out, or maybe 2005 as it was coming out on one of those, you know, nightly news shows. And uh, they ask him, you know, why why not more movies? And he's like, I'm done. He's, he's like, it's six movies. I want I want Star Wars to be special. I don't want it to be Star Trek. That was his actual line, actually, believe it or not. Um, and I think he always kind of felt that it was a mythology and it wasn't necessarily just popcorn entertainment. Uh, there was a little more to it. And he, he liked the... Um, the coming of age element of the themes and, and following and, and making it feel real to kids where uh, the continuity was preserved and that sort of thing. So I think it almost started with George Lucas in a sense and has carried on with that special treatment. And maybe that's not that's why we're not seeing as much Star Wars content as like a Marvel or something like that, because um, they're trying to you know keep it grounded in a, in certain respects. And I we're probably not going to see like a multiverse of Star Wars um uh, that ties in with canon or to, to muck things up. So uh, I just I just think for some reason, because of how it was constituted and how it was created, Star Wars is different in terms of its storytelling than all other franchises are, where you can reboot Batman six times and it's okay. You're never going to reboot the story of Luke Skywalker and retell that story. It, it was already told and we saw it. You know, so I just think it's a, Star Wars is just different in that way, and it always will be. Um, so I think that's why canon is so sacred to fans because they see it as the law, and it's not something that will be changed. Um, and that's where I'm kicking it off here. So 
Um, whoever wants to pick up the ball there, I, I don't care which one of you want to dive in, but um, let me know what you think of what I thought. And also, I want to hear what your initial thoughts are. And do you agree? Do you feel like Star Wars can is this big sacred thing to a lot of fans? Go ahead, James. I was going to ask you if, if there's anything you wanted to add to this, too, because I'm still trying to formulate some ideas on like how to explain it, because I, I imagine that my opinion on this is probably going to be the defense of canon as opposed to I think your guys is like just tell good stories aspect I actually feel like Star Wars the whole issue not issue but the overarching encompassing kind of sacredness of canon is due to precedent it's not due to uh it's just because it's always been that way. So when you have, you know, when you look at like a Spider-Man or any type of Marvel or DC property where you have, you're talking, what, 60, 70, 80 years of different writers, different artists, different storylines, weekly things that changed that were constantly rebooting characters and superheroes and their origins and who they interacted with and new care like you know the most expensive comic books are like oh the first appearance of this character so i feel like with star wars in particular uh kind of playing off what you said john it's like it started as there's luke there's leia there's han and that's it and that's what it was for however many years so there was not the need to reboot it there wasn't a need for the look back on nostalgia and like oh how how can we keep making money on this because it just was what it was um and i think as we've gotten into especially in the past 20 years i would even stress maybe the past five to ten years you have a lot of studios and a lot of writers and directors that are looking back on things like star wars um and knowing that they wouldn't change that thing but Hey, I also loved Ghostbusters. So let me bring back Ghostbusters because I really loved it. And I think I can tell a different story there while also trying to bring in new characters. It's just the precedent that's been set for Star Wars of you just don't touch it. It's just it is. It's great as it is. And I feel like we constantly get asked this question, I feel, from from listeners and fans of will they ever reboot it? I don't know. I don't think they will. I think this no, is one of those no untouchable things um, yeah. because no one's ever touched it until Disney bought it. So I think it's just being treated differently than other things because there hasn't been this openness of what if we did this or could we do this because no one's even questioned it, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, that. Do, I mean, that does make a lot of sense. I, I just think... I don't know why, like, maybe because we're so entrenched in Star Wars fandom, there's always that question, those questions that people ask. And you always see, like, Matt Martin getting asked about it, like, is blank Oh, he canon, said that he would never or, answer that question again. Yeah. He tweeted or, that last year. He goes, I will never answer this question again. <laughs> yeah. Or like, like look, look at the KOTOR remake coming out. And most yeah. first people's questions was, is it canon? It's like, guys, who cares? They're remaking this game that you love, like... It's okay. Like, it doesn't matter whether it is or not. Right. Maybe they'll give you your answer, but that shouldn't be the first thing that comes to your mind. Like, if this isn't canon, I'm not buying it. It's a video game. That's so not are the you first asking question, the game. though. The that's overall not, question that's not of why, they're asking why does it the matter? Question. 
yeah, I guess I, I'm trying to understand, like, are we discussing why it matters or just the overall I, energy I the, around it? Why, I think yeah, you're why misinterpreting is it so there when it comes down to why people are asking, mm. you know, is this canon or not? I think it, that comes down to just misinformation from the people. Like, you're taking a story that is very clearly not canon, you're saying you're remaking it, and then in, in, un, under the guidelines of everything we make from now on is canon. So it's like that's there's already just a question here. Well, that's like, not true. Visions, well, <laughs> like they, they, well, they're okay, making... yeah, that's the one example. But I mean, he the reason he's saying he's tired of asking the question is because we've been in a world before visions existed. You know, <laughs> where everything was canon. Everything was visions. canon. I'm just yeah. saying. I I think sometimes some of the things that pop up they're they're a little bit loose with it because if for some reason their perspective on canon is is not as grounded in the definition of the word i I think they tend to think yeah it's all canon or we'll figure it out or whatever sometimes stories are stories and stuff and it's difficult because you're like yeah but you're saying all this stuff is within this world so what you're saying is true and what it happens and they fall under the guidelines of like well it's true from a certain point of view and stuff and it's like the, the you're confusing the message i think sometimes but me no n- no no lucasfilm lucasfilm no. is confusing the message sometimes because they're like everything is canon we're putting out this book and we're like well that doesn't line up with anything that's weird what what is going on and they're like well it's canon from a certain point of view. Like, what does that mean? It kind of makes it seem like you're saying it's not canon, but it is. But I, mm-hmm. I think my perspective on this generally is something that I'm not even entirely prepared to talk about, I don't think, because what we're discussing is why fans hold canon so sacred is, is a almost a philosophical thing. It's like an understanding of humanity and what makes us human. Like sometimes if you come out with a movie and you build that world and the the concept of universes, you know, has been around probably for as the comic comics, not Star Wars comics, but like comic books in general created right. crossover events and things like that. The idea of universes, Kevin Smith will talk a lot about it. But it seems like it's only really starting to pop up in pop culture somewhat recently. I'd say in the last 20 years. So we're starting to think about canon as a term and starting to think about worlds as as their own universes and, and how they live within themselves. But it's always been kind of an unwritten law that if you do Halloween 1, Halloween 2 exists in the sa- with the same rules as the first one. And if you break those rules, it starts to be like this. Why am I giving myself to this if you're not even going to follow your own rules? I th- I was they bought that, in though. on something. What they did? It's very confusing. They did that no, with Halloween. I know, but I understand. Like, but that. But what I'm saying is like that tends to be something that off puts people from storytelling. Sure. I think in general, like now, maybe maybe I picked a poor example. I've never really seen all the Halloween movies all. Well, real quick, ju- just real quick, and then you can pick up. But Halloween, the whole thing was: here's the first movie. Here's this guy stalking these babysitters. That that's that's the gist of it. He had a tormented childhood, and that was it. The second one, they made they they made Jamie Lee Curtis's character his sister, 
And then from then on, all the way through like Halloween H2O 20 years but, later. Where, but did they change the story from the first one or was that new information? They, they just, it was like, it was like Leia becoming Luke's thing. Uh, okay. Luke's so that's just sister. new so, information. Right. Right. So it was never written that way in the first one. You, you would never be able to understand that that was the case. Okay. Second one, all through the next 24 years of Halloween movies, she's his sister. He eventually kills her. And that's, uh, that's the end of it. They, when they just recreated that new one three well, years okay. ago. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Gone. It's yeah, gone. No, no, no. But, yeah. but that, but that's, that's what I'm saying is like. But they brought the character back. She's back. She's just not related to him anymore. Okay. So, so look, they, they, again, they really didn't, they didn't do what I was thinking you were alluding to when, when they made Halloween two, they added new information. They added new plot twists. They, they took the story in a certain direction, but they didn't. They didn't change something that like directly contradicts something that happened in the first one for the sake of the story in the second one. They just gave us new information, no. took us down a different road. Yeah. You you expect then that, you know, Halloween three still lives and follows the rules of the first one and four and five. And you've built that up to be a certain thing. It's only like I said, within the last 20 years that we started to understand these worlds and start to question storytelling in general and say, why not? Why can't we do a movie where we just kind of erase the third one or the second one. I mean, we had like Terminator and stuff too. And they're like, we're just kind of going to insert ourselves between this one and that one and just kind of rewrite the story so that we can kind of somewhat erase it. They just keep erasing the sequels to T2. That's all. But they're still trying to play in and say that ultimately it's all connected because they know, I think it, it comes down to a human thing. Like if you tell somebody the time you spent on X thing is now wasted is bad. And people don't like that. And we saw that happen with legends. People were very angry when Lucasfilm They're said, still this angry. Is, we're yeah. going to start but this new thing, but we have to tell you those were never canon you, though. But, but to them it was, he yeah, said, but to they, them, it that felt was the canon. world that was built and it was built within a certain understanding of canon, okay. granted different layers, but, but if you're going to stand in defense of the fans, that's a misunderstanding on their part. Cause George Lucas always said, my story are the movies. And that's, that's the story. He's like, I did licensing, but that's a, like, he never said this is all part of my story once. And he did that on purpose. That's on the fans who misinterpreted that, that as, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that that's all good and fine. Like, I'm, I'm sure, um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but the director for the first Avengers, he did Avengers 1 and 2. Joss know, Whedon. But... Joss Whedon, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. J- Joss Whedon was very upset that they brought back <laughs> Agent Coulson for the TV show because he says... That that's not canon in my eyes. When I wrote that, when I made that movie, I killed off that character. Right, the death to now be, means nothing because to be yeah. the thing, you know. And so it's kind of like, okay, whatever the movie is, you know, whoever was directing or whatever that was their vision. And in a lot of a lot of cases, people consider certain things canon in their own head. But I, I just I tend to think, forget what the creators were really intending or whatever. Like, how is it marketed? How is it presented? It's presented that this story of the Agents of Shield or whatever is part of the Marvel world, and here it is or whatever. And they can go back and 
mess with all that stuff but when they start to erase things it just it gets confusing and it gets messy and i feel I like people say, feel <laughs> gypped out of the time that they spent involved in such things and in a lot of cases now like i'm not i'm i'm not putting you know too much out there now because we we haven't got there yet but i'm currently reading a non-canon novel you know and i and it makes me as i'm reading through it there's a part of my brain that goes yeah i have to remember constantly that this never happened right you know this is a dream other world or something and i'm not saying it's bad because we just got visions and i praise it for what it is but I feel like where Visions excels is because they went very far off course. Yeah, I agree. And I can, it's very easy to separate that and understand that that has nothing to do with anything that we've ever gotten from Star Wars before. And it's just, it's almost like well, a, an entirely different thing that has elements of Star Wars. So, but if you start to get into like another, like a, a what if or something, I think sometimes that stuff gets confusing and people don't like it because as a human, it's off-putting and we don't well, understand think, why, but it's a basic thing that we understand about storytelling and truth and and our and our investment in, in our time and energy into putting that into something and then to find out that it gets pulled out from under us is different. We- you brought up something that made me think in terms of comparisons because Lacey brought up a great point about the precedent and how Star Wars never did what these other franchises did, which would be like, these sequels were horrible, so we're just erasing those and going right back to the last good one. And mm-hmm. where T2 was the only, the last Terminator movie and we're continuing from there. And they tried that three times. That'd be like Star Wars being like, uh, episodes eight and nine, we're just going to wipe those out and we're going to start with seven again and try again. That's never going to happen in Star Wars, ever. And it's just so. like, and as much as people are out there saying like, this is happening, they're redoing it. That, that's just, Star Wars is a different animal in that those movies exist and that's also why they're not going to be remade. Uh, they're, they're, it's like the, these things really existed in a galaxy far, far away, and that's how they treat their storytelling. And maybe that's answering the question in a way where Star Wars is or Lucasfilm is making canon precious because they hold like these. This is it. These are the movies. Like take them or leave them. They're not going anywhere. You hate Attack of the Clones? Sorry, pal. That's not getting wiped. This isn't the 2016 Ghostbusters. We're not take plucking that out and bringing in, you know, Ivan Reitman's kid to, re- to do with this again. So I think you're right, right. Lacey. The precedent, uh, the foundation, especially of the saga, mm-hmm. um, it just holds so much concrete, like, in, like not going anywhere. <laughs> like, And I think that was set, like you said, from George Lucas. I think that was one of the things that they were like, yes, this is what George wants. We're going to continue this legacy of this is what like, is canon. Yeah, like Star Wars. Is, like Imagine Star Wars did the Halloween thing and they're like, you guys thought Leia was Luke's sister for 40 years? And we're going all the way back to the ho- A New Hope and we're telling the sequels again. We're going to start new. And we're going to do that. And we're going to bring back the same actors. It's going to take place 40 years later, but we're changing the whole thing. Like, that's never going to happen. And John Carpenter's Halloween is considered one of the greatest horror movies of all time. It is a classic. And they he was they were just able to do that. For some reason, Star Wars, like, you just... Well, that's yeah, but they didn't never erase... never going to happen. Yeah, but they, they didn't erase Halloween 1. They're saying everything past that. Correct. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. say they erased everything and said, we're back to an, uh, Star Wars. 
Not even a new hope. Star Wars. And yeah, we're just going to start. But you wouldn't want to erase Empire or Return of the Jedi. Oh, no. Know? But I'm saying that's what would it, that's what it would take to do what Halloween did. And it's just that that's just not even fathomable to think about. So I, I think just and, and you add in all this other stuff like the misunderstanding about what was canon before. And then you have those fans who who feel like the Thrawn trilogy that before was the one and and stuff like that. Like it wasn't. So that's just a matter of what fans thought was canon. So that's a part of it. And then you have this, the new canon, which is like these new books. And like for me, where I become a stickler is like the from a certain point of view stuff where you get you pluck 40 writers and you're just like you get to tell whatever story you want and it's going to be canon. That does bother me a little bit as a Star Wars fan, because then they have this free range to really tell these wacky stories where some of them do have implications about, you know, Obi-Wan's thought process and how he felt like there was a little bitterness to his personality. I remember us not feeling very Mm -hmm. good about that. I'll admit, I I want them to tell all the stories they want to tell. It's, It's not, it's not our stories to tell, but that stuff, I'm like, that's why I think the whole sa- you know, sacredness of canon, like they they made it that way, as you've said, James, like they made it that way. And now they're telling these types of stories. It's almost like it feels a little irresponsible to be like, we're just going to grab 40 writers because, I, oh, I know that guy. I'm going to give him a chapter in, in this and it's canon now. Uh, that's I feel like that's playing with two sides of it. You're telling fans how important this stuff is. But at the same time, you're like, we're just going to throw these 40 stories at you that take place in this special era and say, this counts, this happened in this storyline. So I, I, I think fans at extremes behave a certain way. Cause you'll have fans who take like how I feel about the, from a certain point of view stuff and say that about the force awakens or the last Jedi yeah. or something, which is a, just a way bigger deal. Like petitions um, to remake episode eight and to stuff. remake like, it or yeah. Or to like erase erase. That's the new one I heard erase the sequel trilogy from Canon. I think that's the recent one going around, I believe. But at the same time, you have people from Lucasfilm saying, well, if you don't believe it's Canon, then just ignore it and like what you like. Yeah. Matt so Martin has gone to say that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like the messaging of, okay, well, that's not the case though. You're, it is canon. It does matter. It is right. in the timeline. It affects the characters around them and the stories that you're telling. Therefore, yeah, and future does, stories, yeah. yeah look, so both. it does matter. You can't say pick and choose your canon because then that would be legends. That's Again, this, this is this is this goes back to like what I was kind of saying earlier. It's, yeah. it's a hard right. thing to to lay down because it's almost like philosophically both things are right. It's like right. This story is, you know, uh, you know, there was a guy and he got a job and he was really happy. That's story A. Then B, the sequel, he got fired from the job and he ended up killing himself or whatever, you know, and it's like, that's, you know, like, at what point do you say A and B is the story or do you have the ability to say none of this stuff is real so I can make A my story, B my story? And at what point does a fan or does a piece of art have license to be whatever it is? Like if I write a song lyric and I mean it to mean one thing and somebody interprets it differently, this is this is philosophical. Did you know, does that person have the right to believe that what I'm saying is something else? 
You yeah, know, it's why like, do you get to ignore decide what to ignore? Basically. Some some artists are like, I love that that's not what I meant, but if it means something to you, I'm glad you got that out of it. You mm-hmm. know? Absolutely, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad it means yeah. that some something to you. But other artists, you know, it's it's a harsh way to say it, but I know that to be true. That other people are like, no, <laughs> that's not what I'm <laughs> saying at all. Uh, you're missing it. You're totally not grabbing onto my message and what I'm trying to put out there. And it bums me out because it's almost like saying like, you know, I'm pro apples and people are like, oh man, I listened to his song and I got his message so clearly I'm anti apples, you know, or whatever. And it's like, I'm not saying that at all. Like stop writing, stop rewriting what I'm saying. I'm trying to say this. And so getting something out of a piece of art that isn't what you're looking at is is a deeper thing and so it does get confusing when somebody's saying you know hey this is the story ray happened like it or not that's that is the future of the character and then when people get angry about that and saying i hate that that ruins my story i don't like the way that it went it's it's weird to come back at that and also say well then pretend it didn't exist and it's like but you're saying it yeah, existed. Yeah, but you did. Like, right. so I, I understand both sides of that, but it's one of those things where, like, no matter what side you're on, you have to recognize that there's another point of view to that, and both are right. So you, as a person, have to come to your own understanding, be like, I know I could lay into this, but it's just not going to benefit me positively to be angry that they made the sequel trilogy. You know, I need to wrap my head around the other aspect of that, of just kind of understanding and letting go that they're going to continue to make stuff. But to me, I can kind of put my own walls up. But again, all of this goes back to my point. Like, I just think there's some, the reason they lean into this is because if they tell stories willy nilly and nothing's connected, it gets, it gets, loose and people stop caring because what do I care if I miss this one? It doesn't really matter. What do I care if I miss the next one? It doesn't really matter. And I do that for five or 10 years or 20 years. I just got out of star Wars because none of the stories were leading to anything or didn't really have any bigger, uh, reason for me to commit to it. But you know, the other There's side also, of that too is that now it's too too big and people don't want to get into it because it's like, uh, I'd have to read all the books and everything to get it. That's how Legends was for me. I didn't get into Star Wars because the canon got too big. So I thought it was yeah. smart that at some point they wiped it out and made it very clear, start over, Noah and the Flood. And then they said, from here on, we're going to have a, a new version of the story and it opens the door. And comics have run into that for years. Like, Issue number one, issue number one, issue number one. It's there's, to a fa- get people there's a factor, though, that invested, we haven't talked about that, it, go ahead. that I think is important. And it's the suspension of disbelief element of absorbing Star Wars and and being able to lose yourself in it and have it make sense that it's real in the, in like when you're watching it. And I think we see that in how they cast characters. Like, they didn't Hal Hickel say, like, there was never an option for us to recast Luke for the Mandalorian. We were always going to bring back. Right. And there's that. Anytime they recast a character in star Wars. Cause I laugh when people are like, give us a live action series with Sebastian Stan as Luke. I'm like, that's never going to happen. And the reason is because Mark Hamill bookends that. Mm 
And you need to preserve that continuity to preserve the suspension of disbelief. Granted, does he look perfect to the CGI Mark or Luke Skywalker? No, but it's him, and we visually our mind sees that it's him. When they recast, it's always predating an actor. Never post, always predating. Han. Or post dating. No, I don't think they've ever post dated uh, a a significant actor with the another a significant the only one would have been if they recast Princess Leia was like which the one they that didn't they didn't but it would have been the example of, for that reason yeah, yeah. they, they use archive could, footage for that reason I bet I could come up with one oh okay uh, young Anakin and then they they post dated after he was Anakin yeah but they, that's a that's an eight year old kid you could you could no, in no, your no, mind say that's the same guy he's he saying just grew Sebastian up. Uh, Sebastian Shaw right Sebastian Stan no, Sebastian Stan no the guy that played Anakin that oh. then oh he, Sebastian Shaw yeah yes so then they put Hayden in as him at no the end of the no Jedi. I was saying I was saying from oh. from young eight year old um version no, that's of different. him I Look, I'm trying to add to your point that they don't do it once they have the actor playing at this age and this age. They don't put anything in the middle. But there are circumstances where you could cast somebody as a younger version of the character because there's nothing before right. that. And you can do it as like this point is like moving forward. I think with little kids, with it's different else. because what did I look like when I was six compared to 18? Like that you can work with. And they did. That makes sense. But... They they're like they're never gonna like recast Obi Wan after Ewan McGregor before Alec Guinness. They're never gonna do a different old man playing Obi Wan. If they brought Kira back, it has to be Amelia Clark. Amelia yeah. Clark because it couldn't yeah. be some other random person. I mean, like you just said, Lacey, they brought back Carrie Fisher and she was dead. Yeah, <laughs> like they, it's so. I think that is another factor here that I didn't think about going to this conversation is how important the continuity is of the suspension of disbelief. You want to look at that screen and say that is Leia because I know that's Carrie Fisher, as opposed to like when you saw like when I watched the sequel to Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and they put Julianne Moore instead of oh, it makes no sense. Jodie Foster. I was like, that's not Clarice Starling, and I it took me out of the movie the whole time. And I understand when an, an actor dies and you need to recast and you're telling a story that and I in other things that's fine. In Star Wars, it doesn't work. It just they don't do it. They've shown multiple times they won't do it. Even with Tarkin, like mm-hmm. they had that standing guy and why? Cuz it predated uh um uh Peter Cushing. And then when they had to do it where it was right up against the New Hope, they went CGI. And and instead of doing Guy Henry as Tarkin, they brought back Peter Cushing's face 40 years after he was dead. It's just like something that they're always going to do to preserve the suspension of disbelief. And I think that ties right into why it's so sacred, that canon thing, because they want people to see this story and feel like it is a, a, a true thing that exists. Um, and that's why anytime someone brings up a point of they should bring back Alden as Han Solo in the book of Boba Fett. I'm like, never going to happen because that's after Harrison Ford's time as Han Solo. Like those patterns exist and you'll never find an example where they would do that. Uh, so I, I think that I think that might be another big part of why Star Wars canon is so like sacred. Um, and they won't toy around with like multiverses like you're not going to see two Han Solos at the same time or anything crazy like that. I mean, the world between worlds thing gets a little scary, uh, but 
I, you, do you know what I mean, though? Do, am I making sense with that and how they handle those these things? Yeah, I think the closest thing you're going to get to any type of, like, uh, canon kind of played with is with Lego. I think Lego does it perfectly. It's like you understand that they're still going by canon, but at the same time, they're adding these little jokes and moments that are, like, clearly not true, but they fall within the line of yeah, like, what yeah. Well, you're thinking, Ray like, the Lego original or... trilogy game or something like that where they're following the story, but when you said Lego, my first thought was along the lines of, like, the holiday Lego special or Terrifying Tales where, like, it's very clearly not canon. Sure, sure, you, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think yeah, I think you're bringing up a really good point because, uh, again, the, this this conversation is why is Star Wars canon so sacred? And you're you're uh, you're bringing up a good point that because they do this with the actors, they're creating the world that forces us to add sacrecy is that the right word believe it yeah yeah to this this canon um it's like they've worked really hard to make a good product so because it's a good product we expect it to be a good product right kind of thing if they were willy-nilly with it and they were changing things up we probably wouldn't care about the uh the canon so much but my my bigger thing was just like why do we consider canon to be so sacred and that that's a good point with star wars because they are taking care of it whereas in other franchises they might not and i i do think it's it's just so interesting though because we you know you guys were talking about terminator and stuff and ghostbusters and stuff when was even when was that concept even mainstreamed as like I don't know, like erase, kind of rewriting stories that had happened before. When what was the first movie to even really do that? And my gut reaction is Star Trek two thousand nine. Is that I like no when idea. it all started? Like, I don't know. Because no, I remember. Do you think before Cause there, that? Because there are definitely movies. I can't think of any right now. But there are definitely movies where the second sequel they replace the main character or they just let like forget about the main character from the first one that was so successful because that person goes on to do other things and they'd rather keep making money and making movies. That's not what I'm pointing out though. I'm pointing oh. out like when they I see go what you down mean, though, the like line home of alone like, and stuff. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Alone. But then but then that existed and they went down that line. That's that's something different. But what they never did is they never Home Alone said, canon. Well, we're bringing back Macaulay Culkin to be in Home Alone 3. You already did Home Alone 3. No, no, no. Those did those don't exist anymore. That, uh, yeah, yeah. And that concept of doing that, like, I remember, I remember Halloween being one of the first ones that actually, like, made people go, can you do that? But the first time I really felt like it was mainstream in effect was with Star Trek. Because they said, we're rebooting it. And everybody's like, what does that mean? And it's like, well, we're just going to kind of go back and figure out a way that we can move forward. Though, technically, JJ have to include every other sequel. It's a prequel, that right? No, not really. It's like, so you, you like, you have Star Trek and Star Trek 2 and Star Trek 3 and Star Trek 4. And then the Let's new one out. kind of just goes back and resets like it all. 
to say he's watched a couple episodes but like nothing crazy we don't have to follow the storyline of two and three and four and five we can make those its own thing and i remember people just being blown away by that concept be like wow they really did it and i think stuff like that is what got jj you know bigger roles down the line it's just that that free thinking was coming up with something that like had never really been done they they should do it with jurassic park i'm sure some people could figure it out other you know other times they've done it but yeah but like it's a recent thing even to begin with you know going back and trying to say we're gonna stick ourselves in here and then move forward like that it's like what canon has always been if you do a sequel a big one (laughs) it's all i would say terminator is probably the biggest example because yeah but that's all after after 2009 yeah well they in 2003 they did t3 2005 they did salvation and every time they made a new one they're like this is the true sequel to t2 and they keep sucking so i don't think they did that with t3 and t4 uh i believe the genesis when it came out cameron said did but that was five yeah he's like yeah he's like the other two previous ones didn't happen and then Correct. when this last one when this last one came out, they're like, "This is only a sequel to T two because Sarah no, no, Connor's I, still alive." Okay, I agree with you, yeah. but I don't think anyway. T3 this is a Terminator or, podcast, but yeah. yeah, I don't think T four was trying to erase T three. They were just trying to mm. like continue and build on that world, and then T five was like, "Forget yeah. this, let's go back." But it wasn't the first this one. This is do all it. why it's important for Star Wars to have sacred. <laughs> Ex- yes. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 for any, I feel like I gave my final thoughts. So uh, Lacey, do you have any, uh, I know we're up against time and if you guys want to um, add any final things on this, but my final thought about this is I'm kind of, and this is a recent kind of opinion on my end anyway, is that I'm leaning towards James in the sense that I wish they would outline it a little bit clearer. Instead of just oh, kind of yeah. falling back on this, like, well, decide for yourself or, oh, well, this is, but this isn't, but we're not right. going to tell you if you don't like it, then it's whatever. And yeah. you're like, what? <laughs> what is this? Now, do I think every single project that comes out, do people need to ask? No, not necessarily. But that's the precedent that they've set that people do need to ask because people don't understand what is and what isn't. And it gets even crazier now that we do have visions and we do have the Lego movies and all this other stuff that I loved visions. And I hope they do another season. And I love the idea that it's not canon because they could do whatever they want. But there is a part of me that's like, but why? Why can't it be canon? Like, why can't it be this? And then it gets into that whole discussion. So I think... I fall in line with a lot of other fans that I'm just like, can we just like establish what this all means? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's the other thing, too, is like sometimes. And this is almost in defense of what they're saying, although I totally agree with you, like they did. They did those books, Myths and Fables and Myths and Fables is canon because ultimately what you're reading is just a tale a story within the canon star wars world so it's it it's weird because they're able to say there once was a man from nantucket or whatever and it's like but did this story really happen right isn't that what it is isn't that the poem does john know something i don't depends on how the second line goes on anyway 
Oh, I don't know. I, I yeah, like Mary had a little lamb or something like that. Like they're oh, just telling okay. a story. Mary had a little lamb. Its fleece was white as snow. And you're like, okay, cool. So in Star Wars, did Mary have a little lamb or not? And it's like, well, in the Star Wars world, there is a story about Mary and a lamb. Yeah. And I'm like, but <laughs> so I don't know. Do you know? Is that a real story or is it not? And they're just like, yes. And then it's like, I don't, that's not answering the question. So I felt like when I read the book, I was like, I don't know why I read that. Like they're, it, they're neat little right. Star Wars fables or whatever. But since you can't make out whether this is worth something or not, you know, I don't really see the point in doing it. And at the end of the day, they're like, well, it's going to be worth it for some fans because they're going to really enjoy the stories and stuff. And I'm like... I don't know. I, I, that's where the canon comes in to play, and and I feel like it's important to be clear about what is and what isn't. And I, I almost, I'm almost okay with where we're at if the if they want to come out and they want to say we're doing this thing and it's totally non-canon. That almost gives you the right to say, I am not going to participate in it, or I'll watch it with. But now that it's clear, I can just separate it as a, an interesting story, and then just erase it and just kind of or not erase it but like remove it from the bigger picture so i don't know i guess that's my final thought that's the beauty of the question why is star wars canon so sacred it's not necessarily asking i mean you can read that how you want it doesn't mean we're asking it in a negative way you could take it that way it could be asked in a positive way like it's a good thing that it's so sacred you know so i think it's going to be up to it's going to be interesting to see people seeing this title and it's then thinking there's an assumption to what we went to here, but I don't think any of us went into this conversation with some hard nose, like this right. is, you know, whatever. So I, I, mean, I really enjoyed wrong, this but... discussion. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know that we disagreed that much, uh, yeah, except maybe about Halloween. Yeah. But anyway, um, I want to thank everybody for, uh, for, for uh, listening to that or watching uh, that discussion. Let us know what you think about uh, Star Wars canon. What does it mean to you? Is it special to you? And um, let us know your thoughts about, what we said and and uh, chime in we love to hear your thoughts because it helps us um get points certain points of view but anyway uh we're not done just yet because uh we have another canon section of our podcast coming up and Lacey's gonna uh march us through all right guys it's time for the patreon nope resistance transmissions wow it's late <laughs> <laughs> it is late <laughs> it is yeah <laughs> resistance transmissions <laughs> All right, guys, the way that this works is John puts up a crazy, wacky situation on Twitter, and you guys give your answers. And I don't know what the scenario is. I don't know what you said. And we just read through them and have a good time. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. All right. So the situation this week is in The Empire Strikes Back, Luke says nothing after Vader says, come with me. It is the only way. He just takes his leap of faith. I didn't really realize that. Uh, Add a a line from Luke to deliver here before he falls. (laughs) All right. Andy Dubs at the Woo Onester says, yeet. (laughs) Uh, Username checks out. (laughs) The Woo Onester. (laughs) Next is Tidy Wire Popcorn at Tidy Wire. Guys, you have some great names. Uh, this is not going to go the way you think. <laughs> that sounds like something one. Luke would say. 
It does sound like something Luke would say. Uh, next is Stephen Bowman at Stephen A. Bowman. Hey, Stephen. Hey, buddy. He, he said, not today, daddy-o. <laughs> uh, Sean Santarude at Rude Cold. How rude, Sean. How you been? He said, I have the low ground. <laughs> next is Brian Pothier at B. Pothier. Hey, Brian. How's it going? He Buddy. said singing, and I'm not going to sing it because I don't know what song this is. Uh, it says, I want to glide down Cloud City Tunnels. I want to hang down into the sky. I'm going to free fall out into Bespin. Going to dodge the Sith for a while. I'm free, free falling. <laughs> okay, I get it. <laughs> Tom Petty's canon. Yeah. So next is Rick Villanueva at Cad Bane's Bounty. Tom hey, Rick. Petty. He said, delete my browser history. Man, let me tell you, that Genghis Dingus is, is, is talk about a canon. Teased, that guy How is a is legend. How is Genghis? Genghis, where have you been? Where have you been? That has to be the, the most legendary uh, resistance transmission ever because everyone calls it back. Genghis. <laughs> All right. Frank Grande at Frank Grande 3 is up as in the third. Hey, Frank. I, I, I. Frank says... I, hi, I'm Luke Skywalker, and welcome to Jackass. <laughs> That's a good one. And this is, <laughs> I just cut off my hand and found out my dad is an evil villain. <laughs> and then it like bans out. You bam, see him like bam, on the bam. edge of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, next is, I chose Bulbasaur27 at Bulbasaur271. You chose Bulbasaur? I never chose Bulbasaur. I always went with Squirtle or Charmander. Charmander. Uh, and he yeah. said, Leroy Jenkins. Oh. That is a throwback. Can Gamer. I tell you this? One of my favorite YouTube videos ever. That is a good one. Oh, really? Ever. I wanted to name my chicken. cat Leroy Jenkins, and I got <laughs> vetoed quickly. Um... Last but not least is Brian Ward at Brian E. Ward. Hey, Brian. Brian! Which, side note, Brian has photoshopped Dave Filoni and George Lucas as Black Series figures, and they've both become true this year. <laughs> so, I don't know what secret inside information Brian, Brian can you Ward. photoshop a solo series on Disney Plus, please? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you think he kind of has. He's the next uh, boss logic, apparently. Right, right, exactly. Uh, exactly. Um... All right, Vader says, come with me. It is the only way. And Luke says, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good, that'd be a good like three panel joke. Like, yeah. you know, and then like the last one is actually like Michael Scott's face <laughs> over Luke or whatever. <laughs> or just no. like, a, yeah. a, like a super cut of lines from Star Wars that are just like the person always responding. That's what she said. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah anyway guys thank you so much if you want to be a part of the show again make sure to follow us on twitter at rbatswnn and if you want to go the extra mile and engage with us further you can follow us on instagram at the resistance broadcast back to you john all right thanks everybody for listening and watching and being a part of trb uh, i want to say a special thank you to our patreon generals and spice runners uh, if you haven't yet go to patreon.com like James said earlier, slash resistance broadcast. Check it out. Join us. But thank you to Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil... Oh, mm, mm. Not Neil Shaw. 
Not yet, Neil. John Reese, Jenna Rosewater, <laughs> Paul Olson, Jake Houchins, Oliver Lewis, Frank Grande, Haz Aslam, uh, Joe Ritchie, Darth Hurricane, John Trollton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, and Val Trishkoff. Thank you. And our spicy spice runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw. There you are, buddy. Double C, Chris, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, David Hornack, Micah Harrison, and Thomas Hennessy. Thank Thomas. you all for all your support and all of our patrons. Mm-hmm. Um, Make sure you go to StarWarsNewsNet.com, everybody, for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. I'm on the Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing and editing at Star Wars Newsnet and a movie podcast just like the movies. Uh, canon, not canon, doesn't matter. We have a good time. Any audio platform. Uh, Lacey. I'm Lacey. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin, and this is Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Leroy Jenkins and uh, James. Uh... You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Meyer Trunks. And this is cow jumping. (laughs) 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 Bull jumping. All right. Um, We hope uh, you have a chance to join us if you're on Patreon again tonight for our watch along commentary sort of thing of the terrifying tales. Uh, So join us on Patreon. But if you're not a patron, don't worry. We'll be back Monday morning with another episode right here on TRB. See you around, kids. None of this is...